wherever I go, I have brothers and sisters anywhere in the world, not just a few or hundreds or thousands, but absolutely millions of brothers and sisters. And I have had no trouble during my life getting my head round the fact that I have a heavenly father, that I have brothers and sisters, even that that makes me a sister to Jesus. No problems at all. But I have had problems in the past with the idea that I am made in the image of God. And that's what I want to explore with you today. Because right at the beginning of the Bible, in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 27, it says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So there's no doubt, is there, that we are created in the image of God. But I had the biggest trouble trying to understand what that meant. I think it started when I was a little girl. I'm an only child. I adored my daddy. My dad had a motorbike. So every now, once I was five years old, I was allowed to ride pillion on the motorbike. And every now and then he would take me to visit people, uh, relatives and friends. And they would say to my dad, ooh, there's no doubt who she belongs to. And they would say to me, you are the spitting image of your dad. And my grandma produced a photograph of my dad when he was a little boy. And really, we could have been twins. I mean, we're just almost identical, except that I'm a girl and he's a boy. And, um, and so I, that was my first idea about being the image of someone. It was being the same as someone, looking the same. So how did that equate with the picture of Father God that we had on our church wall. Because he was old. He had white hair, he had a white beard, he sat on a throne that was magically supported by the clouds, he had blue eyes, no one in my family had blue eyes. He did have a nice smile. But I felt that there was no time in my life when I was ever going to look the image of that picture. And of course, as I started to get older, people said, well, it's an attitude thing, Irene. And, and that's right. And then when you get to be an adult, they say, it's a spiritual thing, Irene. And it doesn't matter if you want to ask more questions. That just finishes the conversation. It's a spiritual thing, Irene. So I was confused. And when I get confused by things in the Bible, this is what I've found works for me. I look at the customs of the time, see what people were doing and then I see if there are any parallels in what's happening today or what I've observed in my life today and then I look in the New Testament to see if I can verify what I think I'm understanding. So this verse comes right at the beginning of the Bible. So we're right at the beginning of time and if we look at the ancient peoples who used to live in the Holy Land this is what they used to do. They used to go out and they used to pick up a stone or a piece of wood and they used to very, very carefully craft it and they used to make a beautiful image. Not idol, okay? They made a beautiful image. And then they would carry that image to the center of their village 
so that everybody could see it. And it was important that you could see it and you could relate to it. Because as human beings, we all find it really, really difficult to relate to things that we can't see. So the image was important because people could relate to it. And then the people would pray to their God, and they would pray that their God would send his, the God's spirit to live in the image. That took some time. But when they were satisfied that the God had sent his spirit to live in the image, then they believed that the image had all the power of their God. So that's when it became an idol, and unfortunately people started worshipping idols. So how does that relate to me, to you and us? Well, there's no doubt we're made in the image of God. The Bible tells us that. We are fearfully and wonderfully made, we are told, in Psalm 139. And the body is an amazing thing, isn't it? But the difference is that we are not man-made. In the same psalm, it tells us that God formed us in our mother's wombs. We are God-made. And I think that we are meant to be the visual image of God wherever we are. So in Jeremiah 29, it says, I know the plan I have for you. God knows exactly whose lives you are going to touch. So like the image that was put in the middle of the village, you are put in the middle of different groups. You're put in the middle of a family, maybe a, a middle of a school class or a college group or a work group or a club or a community. And God has put you there to be his presence, his image. <clears throat> his image so the image had the spirit of God prayed into it and in the New Testament says your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit so like the earlier peoples we can pray God's spirit into our image into our lives the difference is what we're praying to the one true God and we get the power of the Holy Spirit coming into our lives. In John it says, the one who is, that's one John, sorry, the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world because we can pray God's Holy Spirit into our lives and that brings all the power that God has. Isn't that amazing? And it, it's, it, it can be in all of us. What a challenge, my goodness. So I was looking for something in sort of today that would help me explain it and understand it. And recently, Jeffrey and I went on a holiday to Madeira. In Madeira, it's the done thing to walk the Levadas. We didn't do a whole one, but we did a bit of one. A Levada is basically a ditch, and it's coated with cement, and it carries water from the wet northern part of the island down to the dry south, southern part of the island. And they are amazingly made because there's no mechanics in, involved at all. They just have a very, very slight um, slope, gradient, and then gravity pulls what's ever moving in them, the water, pulls the water down. But on their own, they're just a ditch that's coated with cement. 
they only become amazing and wonderful and useful when you pour a little drop of water in. So when you pour a little drop of water in, the water comes down the Nevada and can bring life to the crops. And if you pour a bit more water in, the water comes down, it can feed the crops, it can bring life to animals. If you pour lots in, they might hydroelectric power. So although the Nevadas aren't terribly impressive on their own, when they're full of water, they can produce the most amazing power. And I thought, well, we're like that, aren't we? We're like the Levadas. We're wonderfully made, but actually, we can't do much on our own. But when we pray God's Holy Spirit into our life, we can become a channel for all the power that is available through the Holy Spirit into other people's lives. And like the Levada, we have to be refilled and refilled. The water's used up, you have to put more water in. Our Holy Spirit store is used up as we splash it out into people's lives, and it has to be refilled. And we refill it by praying. That is our most amazing tool. So after all this thinking and looking and studying, I decided, yes, we are made in the image of God, and that means that we're designed to be God's presence, a visual, audio, tactile presence, that we can pray his Holy Spirit into our life, that we can keep filling and keep filling and we can channel it out and we can make the most amazing difference in the world because we can bring the power of God to the people that we meet. It's exciting, isn't it? Let's go and do it. And I could stop there, really, couldn't I? but I'm not going to, because I think there are things that we need to remember. We need to remember that we can't do it in our own power. No way. We have to remember our motivation. In the first miracle that we read in John, um, Jesus was in Cana and he turned water into wine. And if you read that account, it sounds to me as if he was almost reluctant to do it. And at the end, there's an explanation of why he did it. And it says that he did it to reveal his, that is God's glory, and his disciples put their faith in him. So when we're channeling the Holy Spirit, we need to be bringing glory to God and we need to be building up our faith and the faith of those that we have around us. The other thing we need to do is listen. When I first planned this talk, I went on a lot about listening and it took over 45 minutes and I stopped. So just one short story about listening. When I first, years and years ago, thought, gosh, I'm good at talking to God, but I don't really listen much. I was in my kitchen, I'd had my tea, I was going to visit a friend and I just happened to see the fruit bowl and I thought, oh, well, to take a banana with me. And uh, I thought, Why? being very logical, I've just had tea, you know, the person I'm going to visit will have had tea. And in those days, instead of just being trusting and obedient, I tried to be logical and think it through. In the end, I decided, okay, maybe it is a message from God, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to hide the banana in the bottom of my bag, then if I'm wrong, no one will see it, and no one will know how silly I was. And off I went to visit my friend. She'd just been to the doctor's, She'd been told she was short of potassium. And one of the things that she could do to help herself was eat a banana every day. 
and the doctor suggested she started tomorrow. He said, pop into the grocer's on the way home from work and buy some bananas. So she popped into the grocer's and the grocer's had run out of bananas. So I said, oh, you're never going to believe what I've got in the bottom of my bag. I've got a banana. You can start tomorrow. She said, how come? And I was able to say, well, I thought God was talking to me. And I know he wants you to be well. And so here's the banana to get you started. And then we prayed about his healing in her life. You start with little things and then God trusts you with bigger things. Another thing to remember is it's not always going to be people you know that God wants you to channel his spirit into. They're not always friends, family, church family. Sometimes it's complete strangers. And the first time that happened to me, I was in the supermarket and there was a long queue and I don't get perturbed by queues. I just sort of wander off into my own world. And in my own world, I heard this voice saying, there's something wrong with a lady at the checkout. She's not well. And I looked at her and she looked perfect. Well, she looked perfectly bored, but that's how checkout ladies do look, isn't it? And she was just checking out things and it was no problem. And I thought, okay, now I'm at the stage now where don't be logical, just be obedient and trusting. So when I got there, I said to her, excuse me.